It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 836 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, December the 1st. It's snowing outside, it's December, and uh, apparently basketball starts in a matter of days. It's uh, very, very normal over here. Uh, thank you for tuning into the show. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Woodley Sean. You can find my writing over at Raptors HQ, of course, and you can subscribe to the show. Locked on Raptors, wherever you get your podcasts on all the podcast platforms. Leave ratings, reviews, subscriptions, all that good stuff. And tell a friend. If you have a friend who is a Raptors fan who uh, needs that fresh, fresh content in their ears every single day and they don't know about the podcast, tell them about it and then you'll have a friend to talk about the podcast with and make fun of my dumb voice with. So please consider word of mouth as a means of spreading the good word of the podcast. Uh, all right. Let's get to today's show. The uh, Toronto Raptors are now in Tampa Bay, where it is decidedly not snowing, I believe, and are getting ready for the season. Bobby Webster is set to address the media at 3 p.m. on Tuesday uh, to sort of kick off media week, as it were, for the Raptors. A lot of various Zoom calls, as I'm sure today's guest will be on uh, a whole bunch of them. And uh, he joins me now to dive into a fun topic today. We're going to dive into lineups that we would like to see, are excited to see the Raptors roll out. And that person joining me to do so is our pal Vivek Jacob. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Just uh, taking in this snowfall. I mean, it looks pretty. I will say that. It looks very pretty outside my window right now. I think Hamilton has a lot more snow than Toronto as well. So it's uh, it's quite wonderlandy here. Yeah, I have no desire to be outside, but it's nice to look at. <laughs> yeah, cleaning off the car this morning to drive the uh, the fiance to work was uh, a bit of a an exercise, far more exercise than I care to uh, take part in most days. So uh, also my my condo <laughs> Sorry, living, I have mm. I have no uh, shoveling to do. I have no car dusting off to do. So that's always a nice, convenient perk. Lucky man. I'm also quite happy that the snow is here because it means I can stop pretending to exercise by going for bike rides every every couple of days a week. Uh, and now the bike is probably retired until the, uh, the spring. And I'll have to find some other thing to uh, make sure I don't die of being sedentary. Anyway, let's get to today's podcast, Big V. As I mentioned, we're going to dive into some lineups that the Raptors uh, are likely to roll out this year that we are excited to see. This is going to be a two-part episode where we're going to dive into three Three lineups that we have each chosen. Uh, first, we'll go into my lineups on today's show. Big V's lineups will be covered on tomorrow's podcast. 
We're going to dive into you know lineups we totally expect to see, the starting lineup, things like that, the closing lineup that we expect to see, as well as some fun little in-between lineups that the Raptors always make quite fun, typically because Kyle Lowry can drag any four dudes to a positive net rating. Uh, we're going to address three main questions after talking about them for a little bit. Uh, those questions are, will it be a top five lineup used by Nick Nurse? Will it be a good lineup? And will it play in crunch time? And uh, we'll get to that. All right, let's begin. Big V with my first choice, and it seems logical to start with the projected starting five. Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Aaron Baines. You know, maybe there's a chance Alex Len outplays Baines in the preseason and gets the starting job. I think those two are probably closer in talent than maybe we're giving credit for. You know, Baines making a lot more money suggests that he's the better player in, in line to get those starting minutes. But I would not be surprised if we saw Len start some games this season. Uh, with that said, Big V, the starting five is the same as it was last year minus Marc Gasol. Aaron Baines comes in. The starting five with Gasol last year was extremely good. It was the most used lineup for the Raptors. It played a 361 minutes. Over that time, it scored 111 points per 100 possessions, gave up 98, a plus 12.9 net rating. They beat the piss out of everybody they played, and it was awesome. My question to you is, the starters this year, it's probably fair to expect they're not going to blitz teams to the same degree, but do you think the Raptors starters with Baines can be that sort of tentpole lineup that really holds the Raptors up to start games, potentially to close games, in the middle of games, where you know pretty much with a bullet they're going to be quite good when they're on the floor? Yeah, I think that's a fair thing to say when you look at the four pieces that will accompany him and how they all complement each other. I think Bain's biggest strength offensively for the Raptors is going to be his screen setting and the way he's going to be able to open up space for Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam to operate. And, you know, you get, you get a nice uh, big, strong guy that can, you know, body some people inside uh, should improve the Raptors rebounding uh, defensive rebounding. Anyway, they were, that was something they really struggled with last season percentage wise. And, you know, I, I think defensively is maybe where you ask some questions about what the downgrade will be from Marcus all, how much of a drop off that'll be. But with Nick nurse's style that you still expect Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi and Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet to, maintain a very high level and so yeah i do think the starting lineup is going to be really strong i do think uh there'll be a bit of drop off in terms of maybe net rating in terms of what you get out of that lineup but i think it's going to be fun i think uh the space created is going to be the key and how willing the raptors are to shoot off those screens where maybe it's a mid-range shot. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of a concern to me how much uh, Nick Nurse hates the mid-range shot based on reading his book. But yeah, I, I think those shots, when they're open, they've got to take it sort of, you know, it, it, maybe it doesn't look as great in the regular season as it might in the playoffs, but that's that's what you're building towards. So I think those are the shots that now in a regular season game, if they're there, you just take them. Yeah, I kind of think this is going to be the Raptors, maybe not their best lineup, because I think there's a couple other ones we'll talk about that maybe in smaller doses will you know kind of put up better net ratings. But I do think this will be one of those tentpole lineups. And I think 
you know, it's it's going to be a bit of a mix, I think, of what we saw with the starters featuring Ibaka and the starters featuring Gasol. I think stylistically, it's going to look a lot more like it did with Ibaka, frankly, because Aaron Baines is a very happy and eager three-point shooter who's not much of a creator from the elbows. You're not going to see those possessions where things break down, there's 12 on the clock, they throw it to Mark and hope he can hit a cutter to bail out the possession. Aaron Baines is not going to do that. It's going to be a lot more sort of pick and roll, reset if there is nothing out of the first opportunity. And, you know, maybe they'll have to get more bailout stuff from guys like Pascal or Kyle just without having that little outlet in Gasol. But... When you factor in that Baines is an eager three-point shooter, as uh, the numbers suggest, he was a more eager three-point shooter than either Ibaka or Gasol on a permanent basis last year. That, I think, will breathe some space into that lineup for sure. He's not going to be the security blanket that Ibaka was, but you mentioned the rebounding, and the lineup with Gasol last year was... The by far the best rebounding lineup the Raptors had uh, among their most used lineups that played you know more than 50 minutes or whatever it might be 79.4 defensive rebounding percentage quite good uh, for for anybody really and then you throw in Baines who is a very very good rebounder and has driven team re- rebounding performance pretty much his entire career. I think we'll probably see that peak up, and, and that lineup will be among the better rebounding lineups in the league, especially considering the growth that OG Ananobi made uh, on the glass in the back part of last season as well, where he was grabbing everything and was kind of a freaking monster doing so. And so, yeah, I don't think it'll be a plus 13 net rating type of thing where they're scoring 111 points per 100, but you know, if they come in somewhere around a 108 offensive rating and like a 102, 103 defensive rating, I think that's, you know, probably fine, and you can get by with that being your most used lineup for sure. Uh, and you hope that you don't have lineups that really sort of bleed points at any point. And I think the fact that Kyle Lowry is probably going to play with a bunch of bench units will probably help with that as well. So I feel pretty good about it. It's not going to be as pretty, certainly. I think, though, the defense will be... I don't want to say better because obviously not having Gasol hurts, but I think if you're comparing the Gasol starting lineup and the Ibaka starting lineup, where it was 98.1 defensive rating with Gasol and a 105.8 with Ibaka, I think it'll be closer to the Gasol side of things with Baines because Baines is, I think, a better defender than Ibaka. He's very good around the rim as sort of a deterrent. He's not like going to block a million shots or anything like that, but he's got pretty good uh, deterrence numbers and things like that. And with the way that Lowry and Van Vliet and OG and Siakam scramble, I feel like it's going to be a pretty good situation for Baines to succeed. I think they're probably going to play him in a drop coverage quite a bit, and that'll be totally fine, and they'll get by with uh, with a very good defense and a pretty solid offense with that lineup out there. To close out the segment, Big V, let me ask you the three questions on everybody's mind because I put them there. Uh, will this be a top-five lineup used by a nurse? That feels pretty easy. Will it be good, and will it play in crunch time? These might be rote questions, but I throw them to you anyway. Yeah, it, it will be a top five lineup for the Raptors. It will be good. <laughs> I think that's, uh, I think those two are related. And the last one was, will, will it be a closing lineup? I, I think it is a lineup that Nurse will use uh, pretty often to close games. Uh, we, we obviously saw that closing lineup in the Boston series uh, with small ball, but I think this is something that Nurse will turn to fairly often with, you know, the size, the mobility, and if, if Norm's having a, a hot night, then you obviously ride that. But more often than not, I think this is a lineup that we'll see close games. I'm with you. I think it's going to be quite good, uh, especially baking in some expectation for growth among Pascal and OG on the wings. Uh, 
We're going to continue on and dive into a fun little quirky lineup that I've concocted in just a second. But first, I want to tell everybody about Built Go, which is the very best way to break through the wall that we all hit at some point during the day. Whether we wake up super early, have a busy morning, gets to 2 o'clock and want to crash on the couch, or it's after work and we still have things to do, whatever it might be, then it's it's a wonderful thing to use Built Go to break through that wall every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. It's transportable. You can bring it with you wherever you go, wherever you need that boost, whether it's the office, whether it's the, the golf course, whether it's the gym, whatever it might be. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's basically like a five-hour energy, but without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It's got three really good flavors for you to try as well. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Much better than electric lime or whatever the hell those monster energy drinks are flavored these days. Uh, Built Go works really well because it combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast as orbit fast absorbing it gets into your system quickly plus it's easy on the stomach and it promotes joint soft tissue hair and skin health so it literally makes you look better built go is also loaded with the good stuff to ignite your work including beta alanine b3 honey a kick of caffeine as well as b6 and b12 vitamins to keep you going strong it is a wonderful wonderful product visit builtgo.com right now use the promo code locked l-o-c-k-e-d and get 20 percent off of your next order that is the promo code locked for 20 percent off at builtgo.com let's go We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Big V, my second lineup today is a fun one. And look, I'm a little bit infatuated with DeAndre Bembry. Maybe too much so. If you look at the Raptors' depth chart, there are a lot of dudes and not a lot of minutes to go around once you get into like the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th ranges of the roster. But I think DeAndre Bembry can, can offer something to the Raptors. So I have included him in a lineup that features Kyle Lowry at point guard, Norm Powell and DeAndre Bembry on the wings, Pascal Siakam at the four, and OG Ananobi playing center. As we talked about, I believe, last week, OG is going to play a lot of center for this Raptors team, especially, I think, in crunch time. And I think this lineup is sort of... The very best of all the worlds. You get small ball, but you get good rebounding from the wing spots, especially from Benbury, who's a very good rebounder for his size. You get mostly shooting outside of Benbury, who cannot shoot whatsoever, but he can handle the ball. And he's not Rondi Hollis-Jefferson handing the ball. He's actually a guy who was at once like the lead guard on his college team and has some ball-handling chops where he's not going to fall down every time he takes a foray into the paint. And you get very, very good defense, I think, from this lineup as well. So my question to you, Big V, is what do you think? Lowry, Norm, Benbury, Siakam, OG, do you think this is a good look? Do you think it's the best sort of way the Raptors can get small while not sacrificing defense and rebounding? Or is Benbury maybe not uh, the fit in this lineup? Is there somebody else you would rather toss in here? Yeah, I just wonder if I would want just a bit more uh, shooting in there. I think with Bemery, that's the biggest weakness. The fact that he doesn't shoot the ball. And then I think his biggest skill that he'd bring in in the lineup is some of that playmaking where you'd want him on the ball. But with that lineup, with 
Kyle, with Pascal, with Norm, they're going to have the ball in their hands most of the time. So what's Bemery going to provide off ball? I think that's where maybe you're better off with, uh, you know, Matt Thomas or uh, just someone else that provides a bit more shooting, throw in maybe a Boucher in there. So, Mm. uh, yeah, I, I think... I won't be surprised if it's the lineup we see because uh, we know that Nick Nurse is going to try and take a look at everything he possibly can over the 72 mm-hmm. games. But I think in terms of a fit, there's maybe a couple of pieces that might slot in better alongside Kyle and uh, Pascal and Norm. Yeah, I, I guess for me, the reason Benbury seems like the good fit if you want to take Fred out and have Norm in the backcourt is just that you know, the issue with the small lineup, which we're going to talk about on tomorrow's podcast, like the closing five from the Celtics series that, uh, you know, really got a ton of run in the last few games against Boston. It is a very small lineup. You know, having Fred and Norm at you as your two and three, I mean, you're not getting taller than six, four. Neither of them are amazing rebounders. Kyle's obviously a very good rebounder, but like, I, I think you safeguard yourself a little bit. If you throw Bembry in there, I, I think he's, He's just better, I think, than like Patrick McCaw, who probably is going to get the spot in these types of lineups because Nick Nurse loves him. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I think Thomas, his defense, while capable and good positionally, it does worry me a little bit in a small lineup like that. Just, you know, if you're trying to switch everything, for example, I don't think you really want Matt Thomas switching on the guys, right? He, he's sort of a, you stick him in a zone and hopefully he can kind of guard his space reasonably well and just not die. Um, and so <laughs> Benbury, I think kind of, you know, he makes you switchable pretty much across the board when you have that lineup out there. And, yeah, obviously him on the ball is not the ideal use of resources when you have Kyle and Siakam and Norm and OG all on the floor. He's probably the fifth best player in that lineup when it comes to, I mean, he's probably better than OG when it comes to creation, but, you know, he's not your main option or anything like that in that five. It, to me, it just kind of feels like a better version of when they would give the ball to Rondé because there was no other option, right? Like he mm-hmm. was playing center and it was like, all right, I, I guess you're going to touch the ball because you can't spot up or do anything else. And yes, you're going to uh, like somersault into <laughs> the paint and make some stuff happen, but it's never going to be something pretty. I think Benbury can actually make that look a little bit better. Obviously, his lack of shooting will sort of cause some problems there, but I think with all the shooting you'd have out there with Siakam, OG, Norman Lowry, you'd probably be able to get by. You know, let's bring it to the big three questions. I, I don't think this will be a top five lineup used by Nurse in all likelihood, unless it really sort of sticks early on. Um, maybe you disagree, though. So let me ask you, is it going to be a top five lineup? Will it be good? And will it play it all in crunch time? And by playing crunch time, I mean more than like one random game. Like, will it be a routine lineup that gets some run when games are on the line? Right. I don't think it'll be a top five lineup in terms of usage. I, I th- it, listen, it's very hard to say that a lineup that includes Lowry and Siakam and OG is going to be bad. So I lean yeah. towards it being <laughs> better. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be an okay lineup. It'll be decent. Uh, I don't think, you know, it'll be a top five or anything like that. And I don't think it'll be a consistent, like, you know, I, I don't know if that's a lineup that he'll go to to close games when I, I just don't see the Raptors closing many games without Fred. I think mm-hmm. 
what he brings defensively and the the big shot making that he possesses i think that's something that's going to factor in as well so if he's not in a lineup i I wouldn't bet on that one to close yeah i i guess it's more of like uh you know you come up against a specific matchup that's a problem for you maybe boston for example i know it worked with fred in the playoffs but they're a big team and they they can roll out like Jalen Brown at the two, and that can be a problem. Although with Gordon Hayward, I guess their best lineups get a little bit smaller, so maybe that's not so much of an issue. But, you know, the Sixers have always given Fred some trouble with, with their size. Um, you know, the Bucks now have Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton in the backcourt, which is, you know, certainly a thing to contend with as well. So maybe there are some instances. But, yeah, I think I'm with you. I don't think it'll be a regular crunch time lineup as much as uh, my brain likes it and would, <laughs> would be on board with it because it seems pretty funky and fun. Um, I don't. I also don't think it'll be a top five lineup used by Nurse, but I do think it will be quite good. And I think in particular, the defense will be excellent with that lineup like they might not have the greatest offensive rating although like you said it's hard not to be pretty decent when you have Lowry Siakam and OG out there but I think that lineup could hold teams to like 90 points per 100 I really do like I think and even if you swapped in Fred for Norm I think you could probably hold that up as well just because like Benbury Siakam OG as a 3-4-5 to me is uh it's pretty sexy I, I, I like it a lot and Maybe I'm overhyping DeAndre Bembry. Maybe Bembry Hive is uh, a little premature to be established, but I think he's going to be a pretty interesting little piece. If, if Rondé Hollis-Jefferson could be a useful piece for the Raptors, I feel like a guy who has Rondé stylings, is a little shorter, but can actually dribble, will probably find a place on this team as well. Uh, with that, let's move on to the final lineup that I have concocted here. Uh, but first, uh, just a reminder that you can listen to Locked on NBA every single day leading up to the season. Leading into the season, we're going to have our annual NBA season preview, wherein every member of the Locked on Podcast Network on the NBA side will uh, talk about their team for five or six minutes, and it'll be uh, division-by-division previews. And those, I believe, start on December the 14th so get ready it's going to be exciting basketball is uh hilariously soon so keep an eye out there the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, All right, Big V, let's dive in now to uh, Lowry. Uh, Let's dive in. I'm going to do that again. All right, let's dive into my final lineup that I have concocted today. Again, tomorrow we will dive into Big V's uh, three lineups that he has come up with. Uh, Lowry, Matt Thomas, Norman Powell, Chris Boucher, Alex Len is my final lineup that I have put together here. Uh, It is a bench mob. Lowry and four bench dudes. One of our faves. There have been many iterations of Lowry and four bench dudes uh, over the years, whether more regularly used lineups, whether they're one-off random lineups that win miraculous games against the Hornets when down 13 after three or uh, against the Dallas Mavericks down 30 with 14 minutes to play. Lowry can make any four dudes look great. And to me, Thomas, Norm, Boucher, Len, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here. 
are those like the first four guys off the bench to you? I mean, Thomas, I guess, is up for interpretation, but Norm Boucher Len feels like six, seven, eight on the team to me. Um, and, and maybe Thomas might be swapped out for somebody else, but I'm not wrong in thinking those are probably the first four guys off, right? Yeah, you are. You significantly underestimate Nick Nurse's love for Patrick McCaw. This is true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> He's the sixth man, actually. Sorry, Norm. Yeah. Uh, but it's McCaw who the sixth man campaign will be uh, put together around this year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think obviously if Patrick McCaw is healthy and recovered, I think we're going to see a decent amount of playing time for him. But, you know, Len as a, as a backup center option is going to be trusted. You look at what Norman Powell's done last season. You hope he can build on that this season. And Chris Boucher, you're hoping he can build on what he did last season too. And if he can make some strides defensively, I think that's his biggest weakness, the defensive awareness. We've seen, you know, positionally, he hasn't been where he's supposed to be on numerous occasions, but he is a human highlight reel. And, it, it, it seemed to serve him pretty well last season and it's got him a decent payday. So yeah, those, those guys are definitely going to be trusted uh, with their roles and, you know, whether, whether they're first in line at six, seven, eight, nine, or even a bit deeper, they are going to see some decent minutes this season. Again, for the Raptors big picture, this is going to be another evaluation season, another information gathering season of determining exactly you know, what, what guys' ceilings look like. And so those guys are near the top of the list in terms of who you're trying to figure out for next season and beyond. Mm-hmm. Question for you here, Big V. Um, you know, I think the four guys who fit in with Larry and bench lineups will probably be kind of amorphous over the course of the season. Um, you know, unfortunately, Terrence Davis is probably a part of this conversation, even though he probably shouldn't be. Um, so we're not really going to entertain that all that much because speaking him off the team into existence feels like the thing to do. Um, but, you know, you got Malachi Flynn. You mentioned uh, Patrick McCall. You've got Bembry. You've got uh, the potential to take out Len and go a little bit smaller. Maybe you sort of stagger in OG to play center or something like that. See Occam at center. Uh, I guess my question is, you know, in particular Malachi Flynn, because he feels like he's NBA ready. That's kind of the book on him. He can run an NBA pick and roll from day one, it sounds like. And, you know, I would like to see that. Frankly, he's, he's the first-round pick. It's, it's always nice to see the first-round pick get some run in his first season. Do you think Flynn holds any sort of spot in these bench lineups with Lowry, sort of easing him in a little bit, playing next to Kyle Lowry? He'll get some time on the ball to keep Lowry off. He'll get some time away from the ball to spot up around Kyle. Um, you know, say Matt Thomas is the odd man out in this lineup and you bring in Flynn to play with Norm Boucher and Len. Do you think that is a potential decent bench look for the Raptors? Or are you a little more hesitant about seeing Flynn in big minutes than I currently am? I mean, I don't know if he's going to see big minutes, but I definitely think he's going to get a look in and he's going to get some time to uh, get acclimatized to this roster, this team. And when you consider the success he's had at the college level in the pick and roll, that's certainly something the Raptors need. So I think he will get opportunities to show that he can do it at the NBA level. 
again, the Raptors are going to have, you know, 34, 35 minutes on average going to Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet at each of those guard spots. So it's, it's tough to work in uh, consistent playing time considering uh, everyone else he'll be going up against. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do think you'll get a decent look in. I think there's going to be some interesting looks, you know, especially if he's in a lineup with Fred, you, I think I, I would want to see him on the ball and Fred playing off it. Right. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, sitting on the bench and taking notes from what Kyle is doing, all those things are going to help him. But yeah, he, he's definitely someone that you look at what he's accomplished at the co- college level in the pick and roll. I'll go back again to, you know, uh, Nick nurse's, uh, sort of dissonance towards the mid range shot. I think that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, you know, whether he actually discourages that shot from Flynn because he doesn't want it in his shot spectrum, or if he just lets him play his game. Uh, I want to see how that plays out because I think you want to let players be who they are and uh, do the things that, that they're most comfortable with. I, I don't want to see, uh, you know, the shot spectrum dictating what a player is all about, even, mm-hmm. even though he seemed to do it with a couple players in his book. <laughs> You've mentioned the uh, the nurse uh, anti-mid-range rhetoric from the book a few times in the podcast. I, I'm hoping you're okay with this fear. It sounds like it's dogging your <laughs> your, your daily thoughts. And, uh, I mean, it's totally fair. I, I, too, think it's probably not wise to totally dissuade an entire area of the floor uh, from being shot from. But um, I I feel like Nurse is also, like, he's adaptable. He understands a good shot is a good shot, I would hope. Yeah, I mean, he's won an NBA championship, so uh, there's obviously a lot that he's doing right, a lot more than I'm doing right. So I think (laughs) uh, he knows what he's doing. But, yeah, I I think just... Reading that book, he just seems to be of the belief that the only people who are allowed to take mid-range shots are the Kawhis and the Michael Jordans of the world. And that's something that I'll just agree to disagree with. Malachi Flynn is on track to be the Kawhis and the Michael Jordans of the world. What are you talking about? Of course he's on <laughs> uh, but by the way, fun little bonus lineup before I get to the big three questions about the uh, Lowry, Thomas, Norm, Boucher lineup. Uh, give me a Lowry, Fred, Flynn, Siakam, OG lineup or something like that. Get real small. Mm. Go three point guards. I miss the days of three-point guards. Lowry, Grievous, Corey Joseph, Lowry. I mean, do Grievous and Corey Joseph ever line up? Probably not. But uh, Lowry with uh, DeLon and Corey Joseph, Lowry, Fred DeLon, all of it's very beautiful to me. And I'm glad that finally there's uh, an opportunity for three-point guard lineups once again with this Raptors team. Did we? They usually whip ass. Just curious. Did we ever get a look at Kyle, Fred, DeLon, and like Lorenzo? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Lorenzo got some real run, uh, I believe, at the start of the championship season. Never forget, he's on the T-shirt uh, for forever. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we saw much of that. That would yeah. seem. I mean, that seems like some nurse shit in like the early days of like Kawhi's out, maybe, and they just roll with that. But 
Um, either way, give me three point guard lineups for for days. It, they'll, they'll be very fun and might actually help the Raptors carve something uh, out in the half court once in a while, which would be uh, a nice reprieve. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to my bench lineup: Lowry, Thomas, Norm, Boucher, Len. The question, of course, the questions, of course, are: Will it be a top five lineup used by Nurse? Will it be good? And will it play in crunch time? Big V, what say you? It will not be a top five lineup played by Nurse. It, man, Lowry and, and the bench is just forever good. <laughs> yeah, so... it's going to have a plus 38 net rating. What are we talking about here? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go against the grain here. I think this one maybe is on, on the spectrum of bench lineups that would be most challenging for Lowry to make a, a really productive. I think this would be the big uh, among the bigger challenges so i'll go against the grain here and say no it won't be good and no it won't it definitely won't be a closing lineup <laughs> yeah not gonna close unless they're coming back from down 30 against the team and it's just uh, on an insane heater uh and alex len figures to be an amazing full court press guy which probably not uh i don't think this will be a top five line of by nurse either and i i agree i don't think it will necessarily be very good because i'm not sure len fits like the aesthetic of it all that well if you swapped boucher down to the five and brought in i don't know Bembry or uh, macaw or i don't know if you want to get crazy and put in flynn or something like that i could see it potentially being quite good or maybe you bring in a starter whether it's og or siakam but then it's not a, a lowry and four bench dudes lineup so really what's the what's the point um you know, I think that could be pretty good as Boucher can kind of take advantage of being like the floor running center type thing. Um, but with Boucher at the four and line of the five, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to see that front court configuration all that much. I just put this lineup together because I figured those were the logical next four guys in the rotation. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that is, uh, I think, a pretty good place. To leave part one here, Big V, I think we've covered some good ground. On tomorrow's show, we'll dive into the small lineup that we've talked about, the one that you saw in the postseason, as well as a couple other ones put together by Vivek, and uh, that'll be a lot of fun, so stick around for that. Before we wrap up, Big V, you have anything you want to promote? You can look out for my regular style complex. Actually, I did a interview recently with probably one of the most famous Canadian athletes and accomplished. And that was a huge sort of bucket list interview for me. So uh, you can look out for that soon. And yeah, besides that, you can check out my usual Raptor stuff uh, complex. And if you're into soccer, if you're into Manchester United, I've got the Red Couch Banks podcast going strong. And United play soon in the Champions League against PSG. So that'll be our next match that we recap and analyze and break down. And yeah, you can get it wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Google, Spotify, or whatever it is, man. It's it's everywhere. Awesome. Uh, everyone go listen. It's uh, covering your ninth place, Man United. It should be noted. Ninth place. Hey. hey. Ninth. Hey. hey. We're ninth. Like, <laughs> we're like four points off the top. So 
Uh, five points off the top, five. which is, right, of course, five. held by Tottenham Hotspur, <laughs> the, the, the lords of England. Uh, anyway, uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean on Twitter. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Over at Raptors HQ, I did a blog. I got sad about Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka and the sort of fleeting likability of the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, they still have many very likable characters, but this season does not have the same aura of good times that last year did and I think the departures of Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka are pretty enormous culprits for that and it's okay to get sad about them not being on the team anymore even if it is in the name of 2021 cap space and all that stuff so go read that over at raptorshq.com and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with part two of hot lineup talk I guess is what we'll call these episodes I don't know uh, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this one we'll talk to you again on Wednesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Now go fire up Locked On NBA and your podcast player. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.